This week on the Big Eyes Podcast, the battle begins in the newest chapter of Dragon Ball Super. Demon Slayer gets a huge return, and I take a special look back at Slam Dunk, the Lakers, and Kobe Bryant. All this on a new episode of the Big Eyes Podcast. Welcome, guys, um, to this new episode of the Big Eyes Podcast. Man, uh, this was an episode that I would have never thought that I was doing. But, you know, this past Sunday, we lost a giant. Um, you know, the, the passing of Kobe Bryant. And if... You listen to any of the RNC podcast, um, you know, it, it's really hard not to, you know, find a way to connect him with what you are talking about. Um, we had a beautiful episode on RSPN. Uh, once again, shout out to Mills, J5, uh, the host, Jeff and Mark and my brother, uh, Cam um, where we we spent some time talking and reflecting on Kobe Bryant, what he meant to our lives, and if you listen to the great episode of the A Show yesterday, you even hear Mills and J Five talk about you know, you know Kobe's Kobe's impact and and kind of connecting Kobe with the WWE, and you know I I've always planned to talk about Slam Dunk on this. Uh, on this show, just because Slam Dunk is such a, you know, such a big and important manga, especially a sports manga, um, you know, and I always wanted to like dive into it, dive into, you know, the, the storyline and everything, but, you know, today, I really just want to talk about the connections between Slam Dunk and, you know, Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, because, it is actually really interesting to to see the uh to see how they're all kind of intertwined in a sense. So for those who do not know, Slam Dunk is a manga series that happened in the nineties. It was really the first big sports manga. Really even like the first basketball manga. Um because back in the nineties basketball in Japan was not a big thing. Um even in general of NBA, NBA wasn't truly this global phenomenon yet, but it really started to pick up in the 90s. And um, the creator of Slam Dunk, a man named by uh, Takiko Ino, he, um, you know, he was a, a manga artist, but he was really one of like rare NBA fans in Japan. And when he finally started to write his, uh, to write Slam Dunk, create Slam Dunk, he, you know, he made it based on, you know, basketball. And he made his, even though, may even made the characters um, based on, you know, real live NBA characters. And, you know, Ino was a huge Lakers fan. And, um, you know, tying into Slam Dunk, you know, 
when you look at you know these these characters and you look at how the game of basketball is even played within the story you know he makes these guys seem like larger than life characters and he makes the game seem like this larger than life game um you know really the story center, centers around a young man t- uh named Sakuragi and he really only begins to play basketball to pick up girls which funny enough is a weird way that a lot of uh guys have started playing basketball um and he you know he really only uses this to to get the prettiest girl in school but as he continues to play he continues to find his love for the game and um you know you you just see how he goes from this guy just from with this small goal of you know getting the the love that he wants to really wanting to to be great at this game um and you know this this manga really helped shaped the viewpoint of basketball in Japan um it was started in October of 1990 it ended in June of 96 and you know by the time it ended basketball was really ramping up in Japan um they they finally started getting even like weekly shows about um the NBA they started to get broadcast like NBA was really growing now into this international thing and you know slam dunk really it, um it really changed the viewpoint and really just like set an expectation for Japanese fans of kind of like what this what is bad this basketball and it's funny because once again I say he's a he was a huge Lakers fan and you know he grew up in the time of the Showtime Lakers and so when, even when you look at how basketball games are played in this manga you can see the flashiness the things that are um you know how how the game is played is very fast paced it seems even almost to a point like like these basketball players have supernatural powers and you know for this manga to you know and you look at even other characters on here you know who are really based and molded on real life nba players at the time like even the main character sakuragi he was you know he was kind of molded after a Dennis Rodman, you know, this guy that's larger than life, you know, got this attitude and got this, um, you know, he goes on the court, he makes these big hustle plays, uh, very athletic, long, um, the, his rival, Rukawa, who is kind of like Michael Jordan in this story of this great player who you are in awe with, and, you know, he even rocks the head, you know, the, the armbands, and, you know how how he plays and when you look at this manga you know you know which is so big in Japan uh you can tell how just reading this would shape the mind of someone who has never really watched an NBA game before but knows like like this this is how basketball looks and you know that when by the time it ends June in 1996 um Kobe Bryant is just about to enter 
the NBA or, you know, he's, he's just entered the NBA. And imagine being a fan and having your viewpoint of the NBA, of how basketball is, you know, being, um, you know, your viewpoint is connected to, to this manga and how it should be played. And you have a guy like Kobe Bryant who really is a once-in-a-lifetime player of this, you know, this anti, you know, it's anti-hero in a sense, this guy who's kind of a villain, but he's, you know, he's a hero to many, and, you know, how he plays the game is is such a high level, and he does things that are, so, you know, especially early in his career when he was highly athletic, um, you know, you see him do these things that are that seem otherworldly. And, you know, he be he just becomes this this larger than the game player. And like imagine being a fan and seeing that and connecting to, you know, the story and then these real life people who are this real life game that you that you're seeing. And, you know, Kobe, to many of us, you know, he, you know, he was a hero. And he did seem, you know, like like this hero figure to many of us. Um, even in the, even in Slam Dunk, the manga, when you look at the characters and you look at even their attitudes, like, no one, like, there's really no good guys in this, um, in this manga, you know, everybody is very intense, is very, like, real to say, to talk about how the characters act, because there's egos involved, there's tempers, there's, there's these things that are, are very real, especially as a sports player, um, you know, once you get on the court, it is very high emotion, and, you know, it's, it is different than other mangas at the time because even the main character isn't really a guy that is likable per se. Like he, you know, he has this attitude. He, you know, he gets in the fights. He, he does these things. He's very intense. And as a sports manga, you know, once again, these are the little things that are shaping the minds of the people who's reading this like wow this is how basketball is basketball these basketball players are they're intense they they give emotion you know they they have this you know they they play super hard you know how they do it like, everything looks so bigger and larger and light you know? and for this to be really the the molding uh point of nba fans in japan and then getting a guy like Kobe Bryant to come when this is ended and really be that character in the sense of he's really larger than life. He's really, you know, everything he does on the court is, you know, it, it's so grand. It's so eye-catching. It's so like, and like you're stuck in awe of watching this guy play. And, you know, it is it's just crazy to look at that and, and to think about being able to have a chance to experience that kind of experience this fantasy that was you know, told to you about the NBA and just see it kind of come to life. Um, you know, 
And, and slam dunk was really a big part of that and really a big reason why NBA became such this big thing in Japan. And it's not even just the game of basketball. It's the culture surrounding the NBA. There is a moment where uh, in the manga where Sakuragi gets a pair of Jordan 6s. And this is really a moment where, you know, Japan's really introduced to, to hip hop and black culture. And, you know, Kobe Bryant is also a part of that he's also part of of this culture of what made basketball players look so cool having his own signature shoe you know and you know I really just wanted to take a moment to just reflect on Kobe Bryant rest in peace to him rest in peace to Gigi rest in peace to other passengers on a plane and just use a moment to to connect his world with mine uh, the world of basketball um, in the world of manga, the world of just being this larger than life character. Uh, thank you, Kobe Bryant. some very fun chapters uh this week so let me get into i guess chapter 56 of dragon ball super um shout out to dragon ball super they're actually starting this battle um like immediately uh usually we would see some type of filler or lag in something but they are now starting the battle against moro his you know, his army is now pulling up on earth. And so it's really all hands on deck. When we like start this chapter off, we see all the Z fighters. We see the galactic patrol. They're all there and they're all pretty much preparing to protect earth and wait, still wait for Vegeta and Goku to return back from their training so, you know, when we start off, you know, we see all the Z fighters and looks like all new fits. So, you know, I, I like the little the little Z symbol that is on the, like, the chest of everything now. And, you know, I, I think it looks cool. Kind of kind of separates the uh, the top dogs from the role players. <laughs> but, you know, we uh, so we see everybody just the, the gangs all there. You know, we see Yamcha, Chatsu, we see. Gohan who looks reluctant to be there like he really <laughs> Gohan really doesn't want to be there Gohan definitely still wants to be at home preparing for his lecture but uh you know he's there standing next to his guy Piccolo Tien uh the whole gang Krillin Master Yoshi they're they're all there so you know we we get this started off and the you know the prisoners uh Moro's gang they they pull up and they do something unexpected, which is start attacking all other parts of the world. So where all the Z fighters are at in their century, like they're centrally located, they just say, you know, we're not going to attack right there. We're going to attack everything around you. So the, um, you know, everybody kind of splits up. And really this chapter is centered around the rematch between Piccolo and Go like Piccolo and Gohan versus uh seven three. Uh remember seven three was the 
uh, prisoner who has the ability to copy people's powers if he grabs them on the back of the neck. And immediately he gets the drop on Gohan and Piccolo. He just appears from random and he you know grabs them by the back of the neck. He copies their power. And, you know, when we see this, they think like, okay, like, you know, round two, we've seen you guys fought before. We, we know how you're going to act. Like, we already got a game plan. These are the things. Like, we're ready for you. And it immediately backfires on them as Gohan and Piccolo have just continued to just train and continue to get better. And they, uh, you know, you, you start seeing these two work in tandem with these tandem attacks. Uh, the Demon Light of Death, which is this really kind of like beautifully orchestrated attack uh from piccolo and from gohan uh and you you see the z fighters even they give a they even give yamcha in this chapter a shining moment where he is he is completely taking out villains yamcha does like he survives the chapter he survives the the guys that he is fighting but no the 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 big chapter you know it really does revolve around this fight which once again is very one-sided. Piccolo and Gohan are on like the same page. They are given 73 problems. And you, you can tell that all the other villains are just like, whoa, we did not know Earthlings or the people on Earth were this strong. Like, like what is what is going on? Um, they are they are being flustered right now. And when um you know when we the, the conclusion to what we think is a conclusion uh to the 7-3 and versus gohan and uh piccolo fight is them pulling out an ultimate move at the end having you know 7-3 in this position where it's like they're like already like the fight's over and he is you know he he still has 7-3 still has morals back power in his you know back pocket and as soon as he begins to activate it, you know, to start sucking the life force out of Earth, um, we have a beautiful return of Android 17 and Android 18. And they, you know, they come, they pretty much finish off the fight against 7-3 because since they're androids, they don't really have a life force. They don't have chi that he can take. And, you know, they, they pull up. And um, the best part of them pulling up is android 18 saying pretty much i am only here because you guys paid me for me and you know what we all respect a woman that knows her worth so shout out to android 18 for just being like listen you gave us 10 million zenny to fight and you know let's let's make quick you know i don't fight for free she literally says, she said, I don't fight for free. And so shout out to, shout out to Android 18. We all enjoy and love, you know, a, uh, you know, a bad bitch that can just, you know, that knows her work, that holds her own. Um, you know, and, we you know, we see this, this fight on earth. It kind of comes to a, I wouldn't say a conclusion, but you can just see how the Z fighters are right now having the upper hand and you can see how, they're not in immediate danger yet. 
how they can, you know, they're handling these kind of lower level henchmen uh, with ease. So we, you know, to end the chapter, you know, we see Vegeta is still on Yard Rat and he can, he can sense the battle that is happening on Earth, but he can also sense that Moro has yet to join the battle. So he is really in no rush to, you know, he's really in no rush to get back. You know, they, they're kind of taking their patience. You know, he, he's taking his time, he's taking his patience. Once again, the, the development of Vegeta, because we have known Vegeta in the past to be the first one being ready to fight. So, the you know, he, he's practicing on, you know what, I'm not needed yet. These guys can handle it. Let me let me get down to perfecting this technique, which they're, they're still keeping a secret. You see him in the middle of training it. You can see that it's frustrating him. So, it must be something that is definitely going to be uh, you know is I think it's going to be something special when they finally show us what he is working on but um you know a, a very good chapter and like I said before uh they're kind of hopping right into the action do we have our our mains yet uh Goku is still lost in space so I'm pretty sure we're not seeing Goku and Vegeta versus Moro yet but you know, they, they're keeping us interested. They're not giving us an episode where we're, you know, or a chapter, I guess you just say, a chapter where, you know, we're watching, you know, the Z fighters just just do something. Nothing felt like, you know, they're, they're hopping right into the battle, which is very fun, which is very cool. Uh, yeah, so that is chapter 56 of Dragon Ball Super. Now, the, the big chapter, I feel, um... You know, Demon Slayer must listen to the show because I swear every time I complain about something, like the next week they do something, and I'm just like, okay, thanks. Like, I forgive you. Um, so this week in Demon Slayer, it is a, you know, a, a, we get a big return. We get a big return. Um, Tangelo is back in the fight. And, you know, when we were looking at this fight, you're really seeing the inevitable end of the other Harishas, and you know, you are looking at how hard they are going, how hard they are fighting, and how none of it is doing anything to really slow anything down. Um, and really, they're they're trying, they're really stalling. They're trying to stay alive as long as possible until the sun comes up. Like that is their main plan, and they still have like an hour left of fighting uh, Muzan. And you know, there there is a moment where Stone Pillar he is looking at you know, no, he is looking at Muzan, and he's like really focusing in. And he's able to see kind of the the anatomy of Muzan. He's like he has multiple hearts, he has multiple brains. Like this guy is a monster. Like he is unbelievable. He's able to shift his organs. He's able to, you know, he is able to to manipulate his body that is going to, you know, that like this is this is impossible. And you know, there is there's a there's a moment where all the fighters are taken out. Um in this this really gruesome an eerie scene where you just see them just you know all the fighters just taking out limbs are lost there's blood like they are they're more they're just morbidly defeated 
And in a moment where you think that is really, you know, that is, that's the end. Um, Tanjiro finally awakens and he, you know, you know, remember he, he was stuck in this coma and while he was in this like deathly state, um, he was talking to, you know, the first Harisha, the guy who heard the, the, the first, um, sun breather and he, he learns the technique in which to how to defeat Muzan and immediately breaks it out. Um, and his return is such a, it's such an epic moment. Um, because he comes and Muzan's arm is just gone. <laughs> um, like that's kind of how they introduce it. Like Muzan is going to, going to kill and his next thing you know, his next panel is like his arm is gone and he looks back. And you see Tanjiro save one of his, you know, comrades. And, you know, there, there's this shot of Tanjiro. When Muzan finally, you know, sees and notices who's the one that cut off his arm. And he looks at him and he says, you look positively awful. And, you know, there's this picture of Tanjiro and his, you know, his face is blown up. You know, it, you know, it looks like his brain is just popping out of his face. Like, it's, it's a very gruesome is a very like like this this chapter was intense um it's when you're looking when you're really looking at the art and you're really looking at kind of the situation that they are in um one thing i really enjoy about this though is that um Nesco had nothing to do with tangelo becoming back alive i was very um i was kind of certain like that's kind of what's going to happen is going to have this like brotherly sisterly moment where you know she might cry she does something where to where he is you know he magically comes back to life but right now i guess she is still running to the battlefield and tanjiro has returned you know the the you know he he has uh, the mvp is back and we are going to see a a final battle between muzan and tanjiro um i'm very excited to see how this happens um you know, things are, you know, like I said before, the chapters, you know, they, they kept this battle going on very long. Um, we got a lot of, you know, reflective or like, you know, looking back at the past um, scenes and stories of different horrors. You look, you know, you get a lot of backstory from people, but it was kind of to the point where it's just like, OK, where is this battle going to take us? Like, what is the point of all this at the end of at the end of everything? And we're finally getting this moment and how they set it up was just amazing like you know it wasn't one of those things where like tangelo's face is all of a sudden like magically healed and he looks brand new like no tangelo looks like he looks horrible no he looks just disgusting to to be real but i love it i love that they keep this this you know pretty much this, this gruesome looking kid versus this demon, this monster, and even like Tanjo looks like a monster himself. Um, and I, I'm very excited to see how this final battle is going to, to happen, or even if it's the final battle, but like something that we have been waiting on for a while now. Um, they gave us a, a beautiful moment earlier in the series where 
you know, Tanjo runs into Mazan like the first time they meet, he lets him know, like, one day I'm going to kill you, and one day I'm going to avenge my family, and we are finally going to see this moment where he is going to avenge his family, um, in the, in this way that is, um, you know, in, in this kind of beautiful comeback of, you know, so, uh, a great chapter, um, you know, that, that will conclude this week's episode of the Big Eyes Podcast. Um, once again, uh, go to RNC Radio Live or at RNC Radio Live for all of our podcasts and stuff. Uh, once again, this has been a very emotional week for a lot of us. Um, like I said, a lot of, a lot of content probably will be tied to Kobe Bryant and his legacy and his inspiration this week um once again go there's a beautiful episode of rspn um where we all reflect this is a show where they they connected their love for kobe bryant for their love of wrestling uh you know follow me at jamal slm on twitter uh straw hat lj on instagram uh once again guys thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for for listening uh, y'all stay plus Stalcha. Uh, peace.